Hi guys, taking through your mana today is Noni and I'd like us to start with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this day. We honor and we magnify you for your presence in our lives, Lord. We come before you humbly as sinners, asking you to forgive us for our sins the sins we may have committed either knowingly or unknowingly in words and thoughts or in deeds, God. May you forgive us and may you continue to sanctify us and renew our minds through your spirit. We want to thank you for this word that you have prepared for us today. And I pray that God, your spirit may fill me and speak through me. May your word reach the people and may your word impart our hearts, God. For it is in Jesus' name I do pray and believe. Amen. So, I'd like to kick this topic off by sharing with you my top three fears in life. So, my first fear is spiders. <laughs> I actually fear spiders. You know, not the tiny like house house spiders the big spiders like tarantulas the ones that can actually jump and harm you those are things that that's the number one thing that i do fear if i if i see i would run for my life the second thing that i fear is fear of loss i fear losing loved ones and things that are dear to me the third thing that I fear is the fear of failure, you know, the fear that I may attempt something and it may not work out as planned or you may fail beyond expected. I think I should call it fear of the unknown. Those are my top three fears. And whenever I think about fear, it really took me back to the bravest person I know, and that is David. You know how every time you think of David, David is identified with victory and bravery. But we do not talk about David's season of fear, which happened to be after his victory with Goliath. David had a season of fear. And in such a time when fear is looming over us like a dark cloud, I have actually found myself questioning what fear is and whether the bravest Bible character I know experienced fear. And here is where I introduce the title of my little sermonette. I will title it as From Fear to Faith. And the title or the topic that we are talking about today is fear. So let's kick off this by actually defining fear. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. It could be real or imagined. And another fact about fear is that the purpose of fear is to promote survival. Note that the purpose of fear is to promote survival. So from 
actually first Samuel chapter 19 to 31 is where we see David's dark period where he lived from cover to cover because of fear but now you know get you understanding this I would like to go back to the time when Saul was actually rejected by God so in chapter 15 we see that Saul is told to go to war against the Amalekites and told to kill everyone and everything that they owned but Saul and um, his soldiers ended up taking the best sheep and cattle to offer for sacrifice to the Lord and the rest were, were to be destroyed completely but the Lord had given him instruction that when you go to this place you're not supposed to take anything you're supposed to kill everyone and everything in it but Saul did not obey and because of this the Saul was rejected as king by God and the spirit of the Lord departed from him then this is where we are introduced to David in first Samuel chapter 16 I'd actually like to read it from verse 12 to 13 I'd like you to see how David is introduced by God Hmm. So Jesse sent for him. He was a handsome, healthy young man, and his eyes sparkled. The Lord said to Samuel, This is the one. Anoint him. Samuel took the olive oil and anointed David in front of his brothers. Immediately, the Spirit of the Lord took control of David and was with him from, from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. I'd like you to mark the words that the Spirit of the Lord was with him from that day on. So now we can jump the part where David kills Goliath and people sang songs about him and talk about his dark period that is his post-Goliath victory where he experienced really, really tough times. So Saul was jealous of David. You know, David is now famous. People are singing songs about him. And, you know, as a king, Saul is saying that David is actually stealing my shine. And I do not want this man to continue deeming my shine. So what does Saul decide to do? He wants to kill David. So as a normal human being, David ran in fear because the king wanted him dead. A whole king of Israel appointed by God wanted David, who was anointed by God, dead. David was so afraid that we see in chapters 21 verses 10 to 15, we see that David flees from Saul and went to King Achish of Gath. The king's official said to Achish, Isn't this David, the king of, of his country? This is the man about whom the women sang as they danced. Saul has killed thousands, but David has killed tens of thousands. 
their words made a deep impression on David, and he become he became very much afraid of King Achish. So whenever so whenever they were around, David pretended to be insane and acted like a madman when they tried to restrain him. He would scribble on the city gates and dribble down his <laughs> and dribble down his beard. So Achish said to his officials, Look, the man is mad. Why did you bring him to me? Haven't I got enough madmen already? Why bring another one to annoy me with his daft actions right here in my house? So imagine David, a man who killed a giant, is now very, very afraid. Like his fear has taken him on a really dark path. And upon this, David actually just runs to the caves to hide. And in chapter 23, this is where David saves the town of Keilah. And from actually verses 11 to 13. Um, God tells um, David that he should go and kill the Philistines who are attacking Keilah. Because he would grant him victory. So David goes ahead and indeed he does win when he had so much to lose. But then as David is in this town, he receives news that Saul is actually on his way there to nab him. And David goes back and consults with God and asks him. So in verses 11... Mm-hmm. Will the citizens of Keilah hand me over to Saul? Will Saul really come as I have heard? Lord God of Israel, I beg you to answer me. The Lord answered, Saul will come. And will the citizens of Keilah hand my men and me over to Saul? David asked, asked again. They will, the Lord answered. So David and his men immediately, when God told him this, he ran to hide again. So, at these points, we see how David has been full of so much fear for his life, just like any other human being would be full of fear. And I'd now like us to tackle fear itself. Whenever we think about fear, fear is associated with weakness or not placing our trust in God. And yes, Jesus Christ tells us in Second Timothy verses 1-7 to that we have not been given the spirit of fear but of power, love and sound mind. But if you think about it, fear is still part of our lives and a great, to actually a really great extent. And it would be foolish to ignore a warning. You know, you can't just sit and be ignorant when you are warned that if you go to a certain place, you know, there there are snakes. So are you going what what precautions are you going to take? So fear is actually a natural response. Like we said, fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. It could be real or imagined. But now there's two types of fear. There is situational fear and there is a general fear of life. 
So when you are living in fear of the future, that's when you overthink and you let it eclipse the power of love found in God that actually isn't from God. But again, to say that fear is wrong or bad and means that you are not God's isn't true, which is why I found this passage fascinating. You know how God says that David was a man after his own heart and David is associated with bravery and victory. So to see him fear, to me, it really now started showing me that David is just as human as I am. I began having a personal connect with him at such a point. So let's remember that the Spirit of God was upon David from the day he was anointed going onwards. And also let's remember that God does warn David about Saul. So David uses madness for trickery even when he knows that all through God was with him. And if you are to see that David still did have reverence for God all through this. In chapters 24 and 26, still in First Samuel, you see that David actually did have the chance to kill Saul and he spared his life twice, twice. And because he knew that God would deal with Saul and he dared not harm a hair on God's appointed king. David still had reverence for God. He still did love God. And yet, you see, he was still afraid for his own life. He still ran for his own life. So, beloved of God, I want to tell you that the people that are written about in the Bible were not Superman or Wonder Woman. DC fans, where are you at? <laughs> they were actually normal, like you and I, and I want to tell you that it is okay to fear. Fear is a natural response of the body and of a human being. It is okay to fear. What matters is our reaction or response to the fear that we feel. When we face our fears, it is not that we do not trust in God. Instead, God uses this fear for his purpose in our lives. All through David's fear, even when he faced his fear, that is Saul. His fear was actually not Goliath. David's fear was Saul. Was it even actually Saul? Was actually dying at the hand of a king. David chose to obey over succumbing to that fear. He chose to obey God over succumbing to that fear. If David chose fear, he would have actually gone ahead and killed Saul when he knows very well that he has no right to harm even a hair on the head of God's appointed king. David chose faith over giving fear a stronghold. David believed that God would deal with Saul. And so, Satan will always have us believing that we are weak and doubting Thomases, but it is indeed our reaction or respond to fear that counts. 
so in this season of you know covid 19 and in many other things that we fear fearing for our businesses fearing for our economy fearing for our children fearing over our health what are you doing are you being ignorant because even in the face of fear it doesn't call for ignorance we see that god warns david and by warning he given a warning so you could take precaution so are you being ignorant or saying that all hope is lost are you not taking the measures that you're supposed to take are you not preparing for the tough times ahead as believers we are actually urged to pray and confess healing over our nation and this world. I'd like to encourage you with a verse from First Samuel chapter 17, verses 45. You are coming against me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the Israelite armies, which you have defied. So what are you coming against all these fears with? Are you coming against it with the word of God in faith that God really does love us and will deliver you from, you know, the fear that you feel? It is okay to fear, but how are you responding? Are you responding in actual weakness by succumbing to fear or are you responding in faith that the Lord will deliver us and that our God is a sure and firm stronghold? So I hope that you have been blessed. May the Lord continue to strengthen all of us and may we respond to fear with faith. For it is in Jesus' name I do pray and believe that this someone has touched all of you. Amen. I love this topic. Um, our response to our fear is very important. Um, it's, a, it's a very important to be able to know the word of God, to know how to petition God when you're in times of fear. And that is why it's good to immerse your, yourself in the word of God so out there's an outflow of his promises when you're when you're petitioning him and i like uh, philippians 4 6 7 and it says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in christ jesus a case in point in my life is when I flew from Nigeria to Kenya back, I think it was 2003. Uh, we had just gotten into one of the new KQ planes. I think it was 777-300ER. And um, on this particular evening, it was dark, it was raining, there was thunderstorms. And as we were approaching JKIA, um, as you all know, Nairobi is about 3,800 feet above sea level. Um, there was a small plane on the runway and our pilot had not been told by the tower that there was a small plane on the runway. So as he approached, 
he finally sees this small plane and makes a decision uh, to raise the nose. So we, are, we were all expecting to land smoothly because we took off smoothly. The ride was very beautiful. New plane. Oh, we were feeling so good. So suddenly, the plane, the nose of the plane is now tipped 90 degrees up. And uh, the, we see, you know, we see on the display that the plane is now going up. And uh, we were about uh, 4,000... 100, 100 feet above sea level and uh, suddenly the nose has gone up and we've gone to about 12,000 feet and then the plane drops to 8,000 feet and then goes up to about 22,000 feet then drops again to 10,000 feet and then goes up to 30,000 feet and then cruises and in all that time I think it was five minutes the Nigerians who were in the plane were actually screaming some even got off their chairs and started running towards the toilet because now uh, they had messed their clothes out of fear. And um, in that moment, I actually asked myself, you know, am I ready? Am I ready to see God at this point in my life? I'm just what? I was in my early 20s, actually late 20s. And um, at that time, I had actually decided, you know, where I am at, I'm fine, you know. And so I sang a song of praise. And it's called This Day by Point of Grace. And I really sang it very loudly. And it really helped me through that trial. Because I knew that um, I had not said goodbye to my parents. That was the only thing that concerned me at that point in time. But I was ready to meet my maker. Um... And uh, I remember when I was singing loudly, the plane kind of went quiet because I was wondering why I'm not screaming and I'm the only one who is singing a song of praise. And so, you know, people just start to look at me like I'm crazy. But the joy I felt in that moment, knowing that death is imminent, that from a plane, if you fell, or if we, if we had hit that that small craft, that the kind of damage that would have been done is immeasurable. Um, it was just God, you know. Um, my, my question is, what is your response? Do you praise God when you're in times of trouble? I have learned in my life that when you praise God, you remove your focus from the trial that you're facing and you put your reliance on him. And he, he in turn gives you joy that you cannot understand. Um, the other thing comes from, uh, the, other, the other verse I would like us to look at is First Peter 5, 6 to 7. And it says, humble yourself then under God's mighty hand so that he will lift you up in his own good time. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. Even in these times, do not think that God doesn't know what you're going through. In fact, he knew that you were going to go through these things even before they happened. Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. It's not a surprise to him that this is happening. 
but he's waiting to see our response. Are we praising him? Are we giving thanks? Where we have gone wrong, have we humbled ourselves and repented? Those are the things that we need to reflect on. And God deals with the other things. He will never leave us nor forsake us. His love for us is so great. And he says, nothing can separate you from my love. And we need to remind ourselves, you know. We need to read the word and remind ourselves uh, that God's love is immeasurable. That it always surrounds us. And that we, we need to remind him of that love. Um, to remind him of that love, we need to turn back. If there's anything that we have done that is unpleasing to the Lord, we need to confess and turn back. And when we confess and turn back, we need to make sure that we do not repeat those things over and over again. We need to submit to the Lord. To repent means to turn back. And then we do not repeat them over and over again. Also to remind you that in the Bible, there are 365 verses where the Lord says, be strong and be, be, be strong and courageous. He gives a portion for every day of the year. He knew that we would have trials and he knew that we would need that encouragement. And he, he actually inspires his disciples, his prophets, to speak of this courage. So may, may we be encouraged and understand that our response towards our fear should be praise and thanksgiving. Petition the Lord. And when you petition the Lord, petition him using his own words. Use the promises that he has given his people. And he will hear you when you call. So hi guys, good evening. So yeah, it's such an interesting topic and I'd say it's such kind of a tricky topic to handle. So kudos Noni, uh, kudos for, for, for the sharing. Anyway, these are my sense on the topic. I'd, I'd, uh, I feel like when we are talking of the topic on fear, we need to understand where we are standing on. Uh, for me, when I look at the Bible, I look at it on two perspectives. I look at it from the natural man and the man that is walking under the guidance of God, that is sheltered under the, the, the wings of God. So when we are talking of fear, and I bring these two perspectives, I think we, will ha we might end up having two definitions of, where, of what fear is, on how to react to fear, and whether we are called to fear. So, uh, personally, I believe fear is when either the natural man or the man that is working under God is faced with an adversity that they feel their ability is way too small to handle. Yeah, 
case being here let's talk for example uh, take for example the disciples during um, when when Christ calmed the storm uh tricky and when Christ was asleep these guys were still interning walikuwa <laughs> internship that is working with Christ and naturally they feared but when Christ calmed the storm aspect i'm sure these guys were like wow like we are working with a guy who can actually calm the storm these are the abilities that we are this guy is showing us that we we can see when we are with him and i feel like after the experience the disciples had with Christ these guys were too bold to handle situations that they they couldn't handle in their natural man state case being when peter uh uh peter is uh, at the gate the beautiful gate the situation in a natural man state these guys couldn't heal the cripple the cripple but they had christ and that's what they gave to this cripple man i'm sure I would fear hey given a, a crippled man it in I I I heal them. Hey this is a case of fearing and I'd, I'd actually react to that. I'm a meeting a demoniac. Hey a demoniac is even worse than corona my friend. I'd actually fear. But with this experience with a Christ like experience I feel like there's a place God calls us to be. And that's where I think our focus as Christians should be. Our focus should not be that we are natural and we will fear. I feel like our focus should be where is God calling us to uh, on matters this case. Like for example, if our case now is corona, what is God saying about corona? The natural person is saying this. For me, the natural person here is the government. The government is natural and this is what he's saying this these are the this is what the system says which is right in a natural setting that we should uh, restrict ourselves we should do this we should uh, quarantine ourselves there are precautions medically that we we're supposed to do but if Christ was in this boat of corona what would have Christ done because I feel like if we are Christians we're calling, we, we are carrying a tag a christian tag that means we are carrying christ with ourselves in this boat if christ was in this boat this corona boat what would he have done would he have feared like would he have closed himself in indoors would he have uh, said anyway hey, the natural man ama the government has said this so let's all do this otherwise we are actually going under we are going against the government i feel like if if it was an apostles case these guys who would have who walked with christ i feel like these guys would have actually spoken to this mountain they would have actually spoken and said by the way corona we know you we know where you're coming from yes i know the weapons you're coming with but in the name of god just like the david talked to goliath goliath comes but David carries God in this situation like you come with me in all this attire but I come with you in the name of the Lord 
And I feel like in all these cases, even Christ used the same, same recipe, if I can call it so, the same, same David recipe. Same, same thing, the disciples of Christ, this is what they used, the name of God, because it's a strong tower where the righteous run into it and they are safe. Our safety should not be in the fact that the system says, CC to call, this is what we want you to do, quarantine yourself, this, 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 and this, these are the procedures. Our safety, our confidence should be in what God says. And that's where I feel like the church sometimes fails because the church is focused more on the procedures of the natural man and not the voice of God. Because if the voice of God says, do not fear, like the verses, uh, the Bible in First Peter 2.9, it calls us, uh, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are not called to be, to conform to the patterns of the world. So uh, I, I, going by the word, I feel like we are not being true to the word on matters fear. Because if the Bible points us out and says we are a royal pri priesthood, then that means we are called to a different experience. Second uh, uh, Timothy one seven talks of uh, uh, talks of us you know, talks of the kind of uh, spirit we've been given. We've been given for God has not given us the spirit of fear, like that's put well. We are not called to fear. Yes, naturally we'll fear. But what we are called to is not fear. We are called to, uh, we have been given a, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of sound mind. And First uh, uh, John chapter 4, verses 18 talks of perfect love casts out fear. Like God has given us a spirit of love, a spirit of uh, power, love, and sound mind. A spirit of love will cast out fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. Uh, I believe that we, we've had a lot of talk of what the world defines fear. And this picture becomes so big that we forget what God has called us to on matters fear. That if we carry the power, we carry the spirit of power, we carry the spirit of love. And we carry the spirit of sanity. And I feel like people people misquote wisdom. Because I feel like when we talk of sanity, the spirit of sound mind, I feel like this is where wisdom comes from. What would the wisdom that comes from God call for on certain situations? Like there's the wisdom of God and there's the wisdom of man. Like as God called us to, to heed to the wisdom of man because if we put man and the systems and god on one side then faith is not the wisdom of man faith will never equate to the wisdom of man personally i believe faith equates to the wisdom of god and the sound mind here ama wisdom here is wisdom of god like what's god's wisdom on a said situation on a said experience yeah, 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 and uh, I, I, I really love the fact that in Isaiah, God has put it well. Isaiah 41, 10, God talking of, fear not, for I am with you. Like, yeah, if we thoroughly divide 
these two people these two personalities and the natural man and the man that is walking under the shelter of the most high then we will actually get to divide where we are called to yes the natural man fears that's why yanoni you've put it well that naturally david feared but question here is what are we called to christ like god tells us uh, gives us the recipe like how a man who is walking under the wisdom of god under the shelter of his under his power under his spirit on his love the assurance that we should not fear like if we carry this then we should not fear and i believe that should be the stand of the church the church should not fall under this category of the natural man this is what the natural man should do the natural man should do this when it comes to fear but i feel like we should heed to god's promises if his promise to us who we walk with him the nat- the righteous man if the righteous man is promised that they will not fear uh, for god is with them that we are a royal priesthood that we are not called to conformity that his peace that transcends all understanding will guide us like if we are sure of these promises then fear should not be should not be a concern if god is working with us yeah i feel like that's my take sorry for the many words but yeah, yeah my take is let's divide let's have the natural man on this side let's have the man that we are called to walk with under god then with christ in this boat fear should not be a question yeah i'm just tackling where we are called to and what we shouldn't do as natural man then what's the essence of me being called a christian what makes me a royal priesthood what makes me a cho- chosen generation if i'm heading to a natural form yeah i hope you get me uh yeah have a have a good night thank you hi guys so today's topic is is a really interesting topic and a sensitive one and after listening to clem's um, voice note or after listening to what clem had to say i i am a bit uncertain now of of of, of what to to say in this situation because it's 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 an inter- it's an interesting situation i feel like my view of this virus has now changed kabisa because yes it spreads through touching of surfaces shaking hands hugs yeah and and this this whole quarantine quarantine thing and now we have we have been advised to stay at home and that is that is what the medics are saying that is that is as claim has put it what the natural man is doing and 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 i feel like by natural man i feel like he means that is what our 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 human knowledge 
tells us to do our human knowledge tells us to stay at home our human knowledge tells us to avoid contact with people our human knowledge tells us to avoid social gatherings but where do we come in as christians and it's it's it, it's really it has made me ask myself a lot of questions like are we just going to sit at home and say that there is corona so hatuendi kanisa hatuendi mahali because this is corona we can't be in contact with other people we have to to keep social distance or are we going to stand up and stand out as christians and realize that this is no longer a a physical battle but it's a spiritual battle so i feel like claim has has brought out a really critical issue and it has it has shifted my view kabisa and i don't know we are christians what would christ do at this point would he would he stay at home would he not go to church avoid social gatherings or would he be at the center of this thing at the same time i'm a little i'm worried about where we draw the line how do we know that we are trying to be christ christ like or we are just putting people in danger or we are just putting ourselves in danger i don't know it's it's really it's it's hard to draw the line hi guys sorry i took a bit of time in recording my own thoughts and views regarding fear uh a disclaimer before i begin is i have noticed that there is a kind of i don't know should i call it controversial topic about where christians stand in regards to the pandemic and how our, what our response should be rather um well in this audio clip i would i have not responded or given my views because i had prepared something different so i'll just give what i had to share and maybe i can share where i stand regarding the topic uh, later on and uh, feel free whoever will be editing to edit out this whole first introductory bit so what i planned to share was uh, regarding with uh, with regards to fear is my own experience with fear and how god's word has influenced me or um has had a bearing on my life uh, concerning this topic of fear um to begin with i'd want to define fear 
And I think Noni gave a very good uh, definition of fear. I can't exactly remember accurately what she said. But in her definition, she brought out one aspect of fear, which I'd like to echo here. And that is that fear is a natural response, which means that it's, it, it occurs, it's, it's like part of our instincts, if I can call them that. Uh, and our instincts are part, are part, of, part of our flesh, I'd say. Our bodies. Let me use the word body. And uh, since we uh, have bodies, we also have instincts that come with uh, the body. One of the instincts is fear. And if you look at fear from that perspective, it's really not uh, a bad thing. Because if you remember well, Noni said that uh, fear is actually, in that sense, is meant to promote survival. And that's that's okay uh, for example the fear we have of lions for for example or the fear we, ha we have of heights perhaps is a survival instinct and there's no problem with that but fear can actually become uh, a bad thing and i think one of the masters of manipulating fear into something evil is of course the devil himself and i think this is one of his greatest weapons if not the greatest one and 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 how fear can be bad is it, it can actually prevent us from executing god's will uh, for example like the fear we have of declaring our position as christians or preaching to people the, uh, the fear we have of being rejected because of your faith and and even the fear you have of living out your potential because of uh, the fear of i don't know the unknown perhaps uh, the potential of course you have that god has granted you and um in that sense fear is a bad thing um, well unfortunately we do not really have, at least most of the time, control over when we feel afraid or when we don't feel afraid. I mean, if I could suppress the fear instinct in me, I think I would suppress it. I mean, I, I, I actually mean prevent it from happening so that I would never be afraid ever again. But sometimes you just find yourself already in the state of fear. You, by the time you realize it, oh my goodness, I'm already in the state called fear. And I think the Bible, oh, as Carol had mentioned, uh, the Bible actually does have 365 verses uh, telling us, do not be afraid, do not fear, one for every day. And um, I, I think, I don't think the Bible meant uh, when it said, do not be afraid, it, did, it, it wasn't saying, do not experience fear. I, I think... It, in, in that you prevent yourself from ever being afraid so that you are never you will never feel fear ever again but i think it was talking about our response to fear uh, for example when you feel afraid do this and i draw my inspiration from second corinthians 5 7 which says for we walk by faith and not by sight 
I think one of the things this verse teaches us is uh, your body will cause you to feel certain things and it is your responsibility and it is your reaction to these things that you feel that uh, you can control. Perhaps, for example, uh, like for example, we're talking about fear. Sometimes you might want to go out and 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 preach and you feel fear in you bible tells you don't focus on that fear uh, or when you have been declared for example with a terminal illness the bible says do not fear uh, you do not walk by faith you do not walk by sight sorry but rather you walk by faith um so Fear is a natural response. Uh, fear is uh, one of the weapons of the devil. And But fear can, and the Bible encourages us to always uh, overlook it. And in its place, uh, put uh, your focus on God's word. And and I think that's what Second Corinthians 5, 7 talks about speaks of when it says that's one of the things that is covered by the verse for we walk by faith and not by sight so for example if i feel fearful of uh, let's say provision of something i desire like i don't know for example finances i should remember that god is my provider and even though i feel afraid of not having i do not focus on the fear but I focus more and give precedence to the word of God that says God is my provider or God is my healer, God is my comforter or blessed are they that are persecuted for a great, a great reward is in them. I, I can't remember that verse well. It's in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. So fear, even though it's a natural response and will sometimes occur without our own my own control our own control um, is not to be focused on so uh, for example you might naturally feel fear for something and that's okay but if you focus on the fear so the fear uh, takes over you and controls your mind and clouds your judgment now that's the problem and we are called to to overlook the fear in response and and in its place put god's word so um yeah the final bit is is uh, i mean after we've said that fear is natural um fear can easily be used by the devil as a weapon um our response should be to in, in or should be to replace or in the place of fear um or shift our focus from our fear to the word of God. So the word of God takes precedence of our fear. Even though we might not stop feeling afraid, we we ignore the, the that fact and say that, you know, regardless of how I feel, God's word says this and this, and I put my faith in this word over even my own fear. Remember, you can be your own hindrance. Um, one of the things the Bible teaches, and I I read this somewhere in Luke, I can't remember, uh, is that the flesh and the spirit are actually in, in war, at war, They're in a continuous battle. 
So sometimes the, the hindrances you have to Christ come from within you and you must learn to, to look away from your flesh and focus on the spirit and founded on the word of God. And I think this is what Clem was appealing to when he was giving the distinction between the natural man and the spirit man. So we have to always remember, and this must be active in our minds at all times, that we have a spirit self and the flesh self. And the flesh self, the natural man, the, the carnal man, will sometimes be a hindrance to the spirit man. All of this is within ourselves. So the distinction is important. And so in closing, I uh, just would like to give two verses. One that was mentioned, that's Second Timothy 1.7, that says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear but the um he has given us a spirit of power and sound uh, sound judgment and personal discipline and i'm reading from the amplified amplified version which adds that these abilities that is power sound uh, judgment and personal discipline result in a calm well-balanced mind and in self-control I jump over to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Still from the Amplified Version. I'll read it. Just have a look at it. You know, it, it has these expansions in square brackets that give you the context of what is being said or try to explain better in from the original text what this verse would mean. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything. Amplified Version adds, in every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving continue to make your specific requests known to god verse 7 and the peace of god that peace which reassures the heart that peace which transcends all understanding that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in christ jesus is yours so that is our response to fear. Uh, so just to recap everything and to tie everything up, I started by talking about fear and that it is a natural response, which in and of itself may not be necessarily a bad thing in that it promotes survival. I mean, everyone has their things they fear naturally, which is not in, in and of itself a bad thing but it can easily be manipulated by the devil to be a weapon against and the weapon is mainly to hinder you from uh, fulfilling god's purpose in your life in whatever in, in the context that applies to your life but this fear remember comes second to the word of god always whether or not you you're actively feeling it at the moment you should always focus your mind um, on the word of God. So the fear you feel or may be feeling is to be overlooked and in its place by faith. Uh, we focus on the, words of, the word of God and his promises. So this active refocusing is something that we as Christians need to practice and learn to do until we become it becomes part of us until it becomes a habit. This is something that we must foster. You know, 
we as human beings are creatures of habit and the things we do or we usually do we learn to do them continuously by habit so this is one of the things that uh, we should always be focusing on so yeah that's my own view uh, my own experience with fear and that's the kind of bearing god's word has had on my response to fear and just one closing note at the end of the day in all this god is always our helper be blessed Hi guys, um, I'd like to respond to some of the questions that are being raised here with regards to how the church is responding to Corona. Um, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, God gave man the dominion over the earth. Like God gave man the authority to have dominion. And subdue the earth. Um, with regards to this, dominion means in this context um, an individual, an individual responsibility to manage life and property with regards to the rights of others. Well, yeah, this is the kind of dominion I feel that God was giving man, not the one where, you know, you subdue earth and you destroy everything and you go exploring stuff at the expense of nature and of, of living beings and of other people. Like, it's to do this, to exploit the earth, but being mindful of others and for the benefit of others and of all of God's creation. And so while scientists and doctors and people in the medical field um, go about, you know, doing this kind of research and even concluding that people should stay indoors, I do not want to say that we have, we have given superiority to science. It, this is, that, that's not how I feel. In my opinion, these people have been given the grace by God to be able to subdue the earth in the right way and especially the ones that are Christians these are, these are people that have known God these are people that also um, have gone out of their way to um, to search God and to and to understand his will for his people and if they tell us to stay indoors then they have good reason to because they have studied this thing they have studied the dangers that Corona poses to people and they have understood that the safest and best way to deal with it is to be indoors and not be in public meeting with people and putting ourselves um, in a place where we could get sick. Um, now that said, and, and I know what happened after that happened, most, we, we saw most churches go on social media to say that um, they have suspended any physical meetings, um, yeah, any gatherings, any meetings until further notice. I do not feel like the church is bowing down to science or that the church is um, bowing down to the government and forgetting who we are and forgetting 
how we're supposed to respond to things like this. I do not feel like we have um, become cowards in a way. Because then again, the Bible says in Matthew 18, verse, verse 20, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. The key word here is in my name. In my name. And I went, you know, looking for the meaning of the word gather. And I, I really had to look because I, I needed to find, uh, I needed to find uh, a meaning that makes sense in this context. And to gather, what I found, gather means come together. Come together. And, you know, we have developed we have technology and nowadays we have found ourselves in situations where we, we meet online we actually yeah, meet in groups in whatsapp groups and whatever um avenue online and people even have meetings online and they meet and they discuss and they reach amicable uh solutions and decisions and i don't feel like the church has abandoned meeting and gathering together in the name of the Lord because what we have done is yeah we have done away with the physical meetings but we have not done away with the other forms of meetings we have not decided that we will not uh, meet we have not decided that we will not um, download the heart of God together we have not decided that we will not pray or you know meditate upon God's word or or sing or worship or praise we have not done that what we have done is said that we will not meet physically but i have seen with the announcement that um most churches made saying that they will not um have the only the the physical the physical meetings i've seen them say that they're going to have online services and they're going to have pastors you know they're good they're going to have pastors and ministers who are ready to talk to people to communicate with god's flock whenever and where, wherever that service is needed. Uh, yeah, so basically, we, we, cannot say, we cannot say that um, the church has neglected its role, that the church has decided to bow to what the scientists and people in the medical, medical field are saying and forgotten to believe that God is able. No, we cannot say that. Because we are still meeting, even right now, as we, you know, as, as we discuss, as we discuss um, this topic, and even as we seek, to, you know, to have this podcast, we are meeting in the name of the Lord. I, 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 I think that is the most important thing here. Are we gathered in the name of the Lord? If, if, if we as the church had decided to, well, we're not going to meet, since we're not going to meet physically, let's just do things wherever we are, and hopefully hopefully we'll all be doing this together if, if we had just done that then maybe that should raise that would raise um the question of what we are doing as church but we have not done that and i feel i feel that we are doing what we can we are taking heed of uh what we should do we are being mindful of each other by staying home we're being mindful of each other by avoiding social interaction, social physical interaction, but we have not neglected our duty 
to each other because we are praying together because we are talking to each other because we are spreading the word of the lord uh, we are listening to the music that he inspired to his people um, we are reading the word and yeah we're going to have those online services and we are going to be able to hear what the spirit intends for the church to hear yes this is my opinion guys so this is my take on the christian deciding or the church deciding to hold off church meetings and services in light of the government's directive during this coronavirus pandemic and it has been said or some have said that by the church following these directives it's giving its right or is giving over the control or giving up this fight over to scientists and medicine and the government and and by the church uh, following the government's directive they're being timid or are in fear and it makes me wonder whether science and medicine and the government are secular aspects are they apart from god i don't conform to this line of thoughts in psalms 24 verses 1 it says the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it also in first corinthians chapter 10 and 20, verse 26 it says for the earth is the lord's and everything in it meaning science medicine and even the government even our own government it's, it's it is not they are not apart from god they belong to him they are parts of god they are part of god's kingdom and uh, for starters, science and medicine, I believe, they, by, by following the directive on quarantine, on social distancing, and all these healthcare practitioners, and all what healthcare practitioners have told us, by following these directives, I don't think we are, uh, we are being timid or we are succumbing to fear. Uh, medicine in itself is not a secular aspect. The 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 um the doctors or the healthcare practitioners the scientists the greatest innovators the one who have uh, brought a, a very big contribution to the medical field are luxury christians for example this professor ruth duati and them her milestones or her contribution in 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 hiv in hiv by discovering or by being part of the team that were there to 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 come up with that breastfeeding can actually can can be a mode of transmission of HIV or Professor Thayu or Professor or Dr. Beda Walabu all these Christ, all these doctors are actually Christians so I, I would like to differ by saying that we have given over the fight to 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 Christians and scientists I think they are still they are still part of God's kingdom so this fight is still in there in Christianity. Secondly, um, by saying that we are being timid by allowing, by giving up, by following the government's directive, I think this is not right. Um, Christ himself did not defy the law. He said, give to Caesar what belongs to, to Caesar. 
and um for example if we did not follow the government's directive and do not follow the ministry of health directive what will happen let me give you an example close to home i live with my mother she's hypertensive at home we live with my mom she's hypertensive and my grandmother who is hypertensive and diabetic what will happen if i was not careful in my interactions what will happen if i did not follow these directives given i'll be putting them at risk they are health at risk in matthew chapter 5 i might chapter 4 let me confirm in matthew chapter i f- mean see chapter 4 verses 5 When the devil took Christ to the highest point of the temple and asked him to throw himself so the angels would catch him Christ did not agree to this and what was his response he said do not put the lord your god to the test I will not put my family at risk my faith does not make me reckless second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 we are bringing a spirit of power of sound mind and self discipline of sound mind meaning our faith should not make us reckless the spirit that lives in within us does not make us reckless or put other people in harm's way so i feel like or i think when we respond by following the government directive we are to obey the authority given to us and noni noni stated it somewhere that we are to to respect authority authority comes from god by responding to government directive by responding to fellow christians in the healthcare practice in the healthcare sector do I, because i do believe they are the ones they are there they are the forefront of fighting this disease we are not conform we are not succumbing to fear uh-huh. as i finish we can respond We are, we are responding to this fear in faith by being mindful of each other by praying for each other and rejoicing and praise as as mom carol said at our response is praise christ has already overcome this too will pass and we believe it with all our hearts this too will pass and also The church is not confined to a building. The power of God and his majesty is not confined to a building. So by taking care of each other from by being at home by by social distancing not taking care of each other we can still glorify God in our homes you can still worship and praise in those DMs in those WhatsApp groups in those Facebook chats and groups. Yeah. So it has not confined our faith to one place. We can still spiritually feed each other. Yeah, by by conference calling, by video calls, by by phone calls and all those things. Yes. In conclusion, Fear is a natural reaction to the unknown whose purpose is to promote survival. 
It also prevents one from achieving God's ordained plans for them. The lessons we learn from this sermonette are 1. Faith in God dissipates fear, seen in Proverbs 3, 5-6. 2. Our confidence comes from the Lord, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, discipline, seen in 2 Timothy 1, 7 and Isaiah 41. 3. God employs fear as a tool to glorify himself, that we may turn to him and recognize him as the only true God, the great I am. 4. Fear is defeated through our thanksgivings, thanksgiving prayer, petition and praise, seen in Philippians 4, 6-7. 5. Love and fear cannot coexist, seen in 1 John 4, 18. 6. God's word trumps fear, Galatians 5, 17. We hope this word blesses you. Father, in the name of Christ, we present ourselves before you this afternoon. We adore you, God, and we ask that may our lives reflect your glory, O God, through all seasons in our lives. Jesus, your mercy triumphs over judgment, your kindness leads us to repentance. Lord, we need you during this time when we are trying to handle the subject of fear according to your word through our lives, O oh God. Be with us, Jesus, and strengthen us. For the Bible says that even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We believe in your word, O oh God. Holy Spirit, thank you for never giving up on us. Teach us more on the subject of fear. What do you expect of us, O oh God? Where will we be without you? Give us willing and steadfast hearts to sustain us, O oh God. Thank you, O oh Jesus Christ. King of glory, you say that come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. O oh God, we have been weighed down by fear, by dissipation, O oh God. And mighty Father, King of glory, this day how I ask that, O oh Lord, may your power come through for us, O oh God. For no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. King of glory, I still choose to stand by the word that says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your assurance, O oh God. King of glory, I commit this prayer unto you, thanking you for the whole praise team that Father may sustain us during this moment. It's in Jesus' name I do pray, trusting and believing. Amen.